0: Good morning. Today's readings are from Psalms 14, 15 and from Romans chapter 3. Psalms 14 The fool says in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt, their deeds are vile. There is no one who does good. The Lord looks down from heaven on all mankind to see if there are any who understand, any who seek God. All have turned away, all have become corrupt. There is no one who does good, not even one. Do all these evildoers know nothing? They devour my people as though eating bread. They never call on the Lord. But there they are, overwhelmed with dread. For God is present in the company of the righteous. You evil doers frustrate the plans of the poor, but the Lord is their refuge. Oh, that salvation for Israel would come out of Zion, when the Lord restores his people. Let Jacob rejoice and Israel be glad. Psalms 15. Lord, who may dwell in your sacred tent? Who may live on your holy mountain? The one whose walk is blameless, who does what is righteous, who speaks the truth from their heart, whose tongue utters no slander, who does no wrong to a neighbour, and casts no slur on others, who despises a vile person, but honours those who fear the Lord, who keeps an oath even when it hurts, and does not change their mind. Who lends money to the poor without interest? Who does not accept a bribe against the innocent? Whoever does these things will never be shaken. Now we're going to read from Romans 3, verse 1 to 20. What advantage then is there in being a Jew? Or what value is there in circumcision? Much in every way. First of all, they have been entrusted with the very words of God. What if some did not have faith? Will their lack of faith nullify God's faithfulness? Not at all. Let God be true and every man a liar, as it is written, so that you may be proved right when you speak and prevail when you judge. But if our unrighteousness brings out God's righteousness more clearly, what shall we say? That God is unjust in bringing his wrath on us? I am using a human argument. Certainly not. If that were so, how could God judge the world? Someone might argue, if my falsehood enhances God's truthfulness and so increases His glory, why am I still condemned as a sinner? Why not say, as we are being slanderously reported as saying, and as some claim that we say, let us do evil that good may result. Their condemnation is deserved. What shall we conclude then? Are we any better? Not at all. We have already made the charge that Jews and Gentiles alike are all under sin. As it is written, there is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands, no one who seeks God. All have turned away, they have together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. Their throats are open graves, their tongues practise deceit. The poison of vipers is on their lips. Their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Ruin and misery mark their ways, and the way of peace they do not know. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be silenced and the whole world held accountable to God. Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in his sight by observing the law. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of sin.
1: Good morning. As you look around you in the world today, do you see many nations, many races, many skin colours, many languages, Or do you see only two type, two types of people, two groups of people? It has been my custom to preach consecutively through biblical books. And I've got to Psalms 14 and 15. When we take these two Psalms together, we can see that one view of God's answer to that question is, Only two. The fool, the God-fearer. The fool does not call on the name of the Lord. The God-fearer is the righteous. Psalm 14, verse 1. The fool says in his heart, there is no God. Now, you and I look around us locally from the news about overseas and sometimes we say, that man is a fool. My friends often hear me saying that about one prominent world politician. I also say it about characters in a movie I'm watching, if I am so moved. I mean, he has no sense. He makes stupid decisions. He lacks wisdom. I suspect that you also might make such a judgment from time to time. But that is not quite the way God's word is using the idea in this passage. How do I know that? And those of my friends will know immediately what my answer to that is. Context. Verse 1. The fool says in his heart, There is no God. They are corrupt. Their deeds are vile. There's no one who does good. And verses 2 and 3 reinforce that usage. The Lord looks down from heaven on all mankind to see if there are any who understand, any who seek God. All have turned away. All have become corrupt. There is no one who does good. Not even one. God is saying here that since Adam and Eve disobeyed God, did not trust God, we call that the fall, everyone is a fool. Since the fall, the natural inclination of human beings is to turn away from God as Adam and Eve did when they hid from God in the garden. We see quotes from this psalm picked up in the New Testament. Sorry, that's the garden. (laughs) We see quotes from this psalm picked up in the New Testament, especially when Paul is teaching about the need for every person to turn from his sins, trust in Jesus Christ to save him, and then bow the knee to serve Jesus as Lord. For example, Romans chapter 3, verses 10 to 12. That's why I asked Laura to read it. For we have already made the charge that Jews and Gentiles alike are all under the power of sin. As it is written, there is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. All have turned away. They have together become worthless. There is no one who does good Not even one. But back to Psalm 14. Verse 4. Do all these evildoers know nothing? They devour my people as though eating bread. They never call on the Lord. Not every single person who is called a fool in this psalm, devoured God's people as though eating bread. Though many did. But every single person who failed to call upon the Lord is called a fool in this psalm. In the context of the Bible as a whole, I am immediately reminded of Romans chapter 10. Verses 9 and 10 If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. So, in both Old and New Testaments, in order to be saved, it is necessary to call upon the Lord. In the Old Testament context, which is before us today, Psalm 14, the primary reference is to call on Yahweh, the covenant God of Israel. In other words, To pray to Yahweh. And implied in this is the thought that you don't pray to any other gods. Why is that? Because they can't hear or answer prayer. Only the God of the Bible can do that. He is the only one who exists. The others are just blocks of wood or stone, as we read in many places in the Old Testament. In the New Testament context, as we see from Romans chapter 10, to be saved, one must call on the Lord Jesus Christ. The simplest form of that calling is to say in prayer, Lord Please save me. Just the fact that you use the word Lord here carries with it the idea that you want to live as his slave. He will be in charge of my life from now on. So, the first group of people on earth is called in Psalm 14, the fool. Does not call upon the name of the Lord. The second, the God-fearer, or the righteous. Psalm 14, verse 5. God is present In the company of the righteous. Sometimes I look at the New Living Translation for a different slant on the passage. And on this occasion, I like it very much. For God is with those who obey Him. But if we stick for a moment to the tag, the righteous, we Christians immediately think of that great theme in the New Testament called justification by faith. Because the same Greek word is behind both English words in the New Testament. We see this in many places. But here's one. Romans 5, 1 and 2. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. The Christian is not righteous all the time in the sense of being sinless. But the Christian is righteous in the sense of being justified by faith. God declared everyone who trusts in Christ for salvation right with him because of the death and resurrection of the Lord Jesus. However, and were you waiting for that however? However, while the Christian is righteous in a legal sense, he also needs to be, to strive to be righteous in a moral sense. In Christian theology we call that sanctification. God works in us to help us live lives which are pleasing to Him. Which brings us to Psalm 15. Lord, who may dwell in your sacred tent? Who may live on your holy mountain. The one whose walk is blameless, who does what is righteous, who speaks the truth from his heart, whose tongue utters no slander, who does no wrong to a neighbour and casts no slur on others, who despises a vile person, but honours those who fear the Lord, who keeps an oath even when it hurts and does not change his mind, who lends money to the poor without interest, who does not accept a bribe against the innocent. Whoever does these things will never be shaken. Some of you know that I, long time ago, was a pharmacist. And when I was a newly graduated pharmacist, many, many decades ago, I was working in a pharmacy with the boss, his brother, and three other men. It was a big place. The boss's brother lacked certain dispensary etiquette, which really got on our nerves. So the four of us decided to send the boss's brother to Coventry. Not to speak to him unless we had to and generally be unpleasant. One of the other three took me aside and said to me you're a Christian, you shouldn't be doing this. And he was right. That man, who made the comment to me, had no plans to change his behaviour, but he knew that a Christian shouldn't act like that. Have you ever had something like that happen to you? Another way of saying this is that a Christian ought to look like a Christian. And this brings us back to what is called sanctification in the New Testament. In the Old Testament, it's often expressed in terms like those found in Psalm 15.2. The one whose walk is blameless, who does what is righteous, who speaks the truth from his heart. We know that this cannot mean that he is sinless because Psalm 14, quoted in Romans 3, tells us very plainly indeed that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Richard Dawkins is very smart. From 1995 to 2008, he was a professor at Oxford University. He has written a book called The God Delusion. Needless to say, with that sort of a title, he is a convinced atheist. God, in Psalm 14, says that Dawkins is a fool. Not in the sense that I flippantly use that term, but in the sense that he says, There is no God. And then there's the intellectually disabled man who has a simple trust in Jesus Christ. There used to be such a man in this congregation about 35 to 40 years ago. That man is not a fool. Nor is the poorly educated villager in India who adheres to Jesus Christ despite considerable opposition from Hindu nationalists. What about Pastor Lawan Andimi from Nigeria? He was converted from Islam and wholeheartedly preached the gospel to Muslims. And Dimi's evangelism made him the target of Boko Haram as far back as 2013. And he survived a series of attacks from that group in 2015, 2016 and 2017. However, on January the 2nd last year, sorry, 2020. He was abducted by the extremists. Boko Haram killed this man, who is a father of seven, on the 20th of January last year. He was one of at least 35 Christians killed by extremists in January last year alone. Which group do you think that he belonged to? The fools or the righteous? Which brings us back to Gosford or Terrigal or Woi or Sydney or the USA or China today. The ultimate question for you and for me from these two psalms is are you part of the righteous group or the fools group? The God-fearer group or those who do not call on the name of the Lord? Amen.